welcome everybody to Let the Music Be Your Master. We hope you've been letting the music be your master. Uh, we are we're going to be talking part two of the 2010s. Um, we had some good discussions, some interesting stuff came up the first part of 2010s, and uh, we're ready to, to keep it going and finish out this decade that we're really only one year removed from, um, although in some ways it feels ages ago, but this has been fun. Uh, Brandon Jordan. Oh, I, I forgot to intercept. I, uh, just I'm, keep going. You're just going to be Jason. No, Solo no, 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 no. <laughs> this is, uh, this is Jason Johnson, uh, the obnoxious one. Brandon's here too. And Jordan's here. And I want to say one thing we didn't talk about at the end of the last episode was I don't think we had any hip hop on our first half of the decade. We had D'Angelo, not quite hip-hop, but um, it'll be interesting. I don't think that will stay the same. I'll make up this, for it. Yeah, I don't think it'll continue in that in that vein, but we'll see. I will definitely make up for it. Um, so thoughts before we jump into it, Brandon, Jordan? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys have. It was uh, interesting with the at least the first half how many of our picks – none of us had heard before or at least weren't all that familiar with um so that's that's a first for this kind of thing it was definitely the most diverse and i think the most um yeah uh kind of unique off the beaten path tracks i think all of us absolutely experienced hearing multiple songs for the first time Mm -hmm. yep Indeed. Well, and and uh, for this next, I mean, if we're, I don't know if we're ready to jump in yet. Are we ready to go 2015, or do we have anything else we want to say about the decade? Let's, uh, let's jump in. I say we jump in. I've got three for 2015. I think, Brandon, did you have three for 2014? I did. So we're, we've got a, kind of a, a, a log jam in the middle of the decade. I have one 2015, it's a, it's a but I will warn you, I have four 2016. 2016 is your, is your heavy. Apparently. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fun. That means we don't have a lot of overlap. Um, so I'll kick us off with 2015. Do you have any, Brandon? I've got one. You've got one. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll go ahead with mine one. Um, my three, but I'll I'll do one at a time. Of you course. don't have any 2015. He's got one. I've got one. Oh, okay. So we can kind of alternate. Um, so I'm going to go first with. Um, hmm. Where do I want to start here? Do you know? What? I'm going to go ahead and just pick up where. How know, many we, keyboards do you have, Jordan? Have I'm just noticing keyboards. Here. This is <laughs> broken. This is broken. That's why it's not like I have He's, some special. You can't see it. He's got a laptop, which. Most of the Most time comes work. with a keyboard, <laughs> yeah. and his, in fact, came with a keyboard, but There's then he has keyboard sitting there. another keyboard that's... that. If I was more wealthy, I would have just bought a new laptop, but instead I bought You're... a $25 <laughs> wireless keyboard, because my keyboard here didn't all break, but two columns of the keys oh, broke, and I couldn't log in. Because my uh, password had yeah. one of those keys, I took it to Best Buy, and they're like, "Yeah, we can ship it. We could fix it for two hundred bucks, and you could get it within six to eight weeks." I'm like, I use this for work every day, so I'll oh, you made the right choice. Keyboard. Plus, you don't have to lean forward so far; it looks cool. Plus, people think that this is like some special thing that, like, I'm doing something extra cool. It's really just really. You the, were, the question you, is: You are resourceful. Your your extra keyboard does it have mechanical keys? I don't even know what those you mean are by so that. Like typewriter to, keys? Yeah. No. Mm. You're gonna to want to get one of those. <laughs> do they ha- do they have that? Yeah, it's and a, a wireless thing. keyboard. I, I had a student that would, even though like 
in my classroom we have iMacs, yeah. you know, that also have their own separate keyboard. Right. Uh, he would bring his own keyboard from home, but it had mechanical keys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so for two, we're gonna, I'm going to get us back on track here. For 2015, I'm just going <laughs> to jump in and, and rectify the whole no hip-hop selections yet. And jump in with an, a song, one of the best songs from one of the best albums of the decade. And I think I think this is one we might be in consensus on. I'm not sure. But it's Kendrick Lamar's album, To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, the song oh, yeah. is, I've got a song from that. The song is I All do. Right. I do too. And that's the one I chose. But there, it was hard to choose a song because this is one of those albums. It's a concept album. It's got many of the songs have multiple kind of like sections and parts and kind of like a skit or a poem or a, a, a total shifts. So it's really a, a so this, amazing this album. was my first pick. I'll pick a different song from the album. Um Sounds like we all three have a song from this album. This is actually my vote for best album of the last 20 years. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about yeah. it before my this pick. This one we need but. to talk about a lot. I, I was going to pick one of my other ones, but I thought, you know, we just addressed the, the lack of, of hip-hop or rap, so let's just go with it. Um, but but we'll talk a, a lot more about it. But this, this song, you, you mentioned in the last episode, kind of the, the songs uh, alluding to police brutality and in, in black people's experience. This song and the video especially very much tie into the, those kinds of themes. Um, the The album cover is really iconic for, for this whole album. The album has a lot of like uh, P-Funk and George Clinton uh, um, influence and directly George Clinton. Clinton helped on, produce. Yeah, yeah. He helped produce it. There's, there's a lot of great uh, musicians on it. I, I think so... Brandon, you're going to have to make an executive decision. This is a very, um, a very much a mature content album. I, I know iTunes has an I've, edited I've version. I've got the clean version okay. loaded up here. Okay, cool. All so, right, by so Kendrick Lamar. Let's go. Let's just step into I it. I freaking love this song. All my life, I has to fight. All my life, I. Hard times like yeah, bad trips like yeah, Nazareth. I'm fed up, homie. You fed up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright, huh? We gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Uh. And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I'll be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even boom with the bass down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty Benjamin is the highlight. I tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a gangster in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I knew it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone great. Trying to set my face this all day Won't you please believe when I say When you know we've been hurt, been down before When our pride was low Looking at the world like where do we go And we hate poor poor Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright We gon' be alright We gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? Powerful. 
beautiful song. It's it's I don't know what else to say about it other than um, the whole album is is pretty amazing. I mean, you're saying best album of the last 20 years. I, 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 think I, I, I confidently would describe yeah. it for me personally as the best album of the last yeah. 20 years. If you look at an album start to finish, yeah. it I like I. I, I I'll be honest. I'm, I'm searching for words because it's not an easy listen, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're someone that looks like one of the three of us at this table. It, it will, <laughs> yeah. I think, it will force you to confront a lot of things that are probably worth confronting. It intentionally uses um, vulgar speech and and. Um, I think violent and unpleasant descriptions at times to paint the picture that it's trying to paint. paint. I I will say I don't think a piece of art of in any medium has like um, I, I guess pierced me or moved me in the last decade as much as this has as far as like caused um, thought and introspection. Um, you can listen to the clean version if that's what you, if, 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 if that's probably the best for some people, but there's, there's something to be said to wading into all of the messiness and heartbreak that exists in the, in the unedited version mm-hmm. and really trying to, um, you know, reconcile what's being said. It's very metaphoric. Um, he's, he, he describes, you'll hear him use the term Lucy, which I, I think a lot of people assume is kind of metaphor for, for the devil or for greed or for the music industry. Mm-hmm. And, and this is his picture of, of Compton, California, uh, in the, and his life growing up there. And it's just, it's a powerful, powerful artistic statement that I think if somebody is willing to listen to, um, could, could have a pretty moving experience with. Well said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could say it any better than that, Jason. Yeah. It's, uh, comparable to like Rage Against the Machine, like that that level of intensity and intelligence and thoughtfulness um and like uh, Spike Lee like do the right thing Malcolm X those those kind of films um and the yeah the way all the songs are <clears throat> put together is is incredible and i i like the the ongoing concept of like the spoken word part that's mm-hmm. at the end of a lot of songs and it's like it repeats it each time, but, yeah. but then also each time it adds a little more. And so mm-hmm. the way that that builds. So you find out the at the end, it, it, it's pieces of a poem. And the mm-hmm. very the end of the album concludes with him having a discussion with Tupac. It's kind of a cool, surreal thing. Mm-hmm. And you realize that all those pieces of spoken word kind of make up this poem that's been running through. And it's the, the, the there's some really cool commentary. Like musically, it's a. I think it's genius. It's it's almost like a loose jazz album, mm-hmm. but what it does is it really becomes an exploration of almost every style of black music in America over the last hundred years. Like you get elements of kind of that that spoken word jazz and bebop. You get um, funk. You get soul. You get um, some elements of blues, and it it kind of becomes almost this like this metaphoric walk through not just his life in 
in Compton, California, but this this walk through the history of black music in America. And it's it's just a it's an incredible piece. It's hard really to take one song out of it. Like it's mm-hmm. I think it's best consumed as a as an entire piece but it's a commitment yeah yeah, to sit and listen to it but i that's one of the things i love about it because that's uh, we talked about you know what streaming media has done to music and songs and there's a lot of people that don't even really care about the album as a medium for Mm -hmm. presenting their art and this was really cool to me in part because he really embraced like what you can do with an album and and that's what he put out there and that's pretty unique for the decade you don't really see that anymore especially an entire like perfectly pieced together concept album right no, I I agree with you. He he followed up, of course, this album with another great album that I think, in some ways, was more popular. Yeah, it was. It was more popular. This one was certainly more. Maybe you're talking about Damn. Damn. Was, yeah. But uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, I think, was more ambitious for sure and more groundbreaking. And you, Brandon, you mentioned a lot of kind of comparables. I I think you can compare this to. We've talked about kind of Radiohead's really. Uh, you know, with OK Computer, we talked about the Beatles with Sgt. Pepper. I think this is, in terms of hip-hop albums right. that don't get very experimental. I mean, they do in some ways, but a lot of times they stay very in their, their in their kind of what's acceptable, and they push boundaries here and there. But this was uh, this was different. It felt different. It felt like it felt to me, and of course, I wasn't alive when the Beatles were doing their thing. But it felt like a groundbreaking album that will be. For decades to come, people will look back and and it'll become more important. Over yeah, time. I think it elevated him to like the top tier of of hip hop, like kind of pushing that hip hop royalty mm-hmm. piece. He's uh, from this point forward, he's now an absolutely respected voice in the world of hip hop. Um, Rage, the Brandon said, I think is kind of a perfect comparison, but it's also there, like next to what's going on by Marvin Gaye would be a great comparison or there's a riot going on by Sly and the family stone Mm -hmm. where, um, it's this kind of full commentary on, on his experience living in America and just, just, it's a powerful, it's like, you have to look at it as a, an art piece. Yeah. Rage, rage did great songs. Yeah. But the whole, whole album, I mean, their album's great too, but this, this is treating the album itself as an art form, like right. like Radiohead yeah. and the Beatles did. The, and and the uh, you meant, you make an interesting point, Jason, about you know there's the there's edited version, there's the unedited version. It is hard to listen to if you're if you know we're from Provo, Utah, where like the F word still carries a sharpness, whereas another you know. But there's so much if you're white and you're listening to music where there's a lot of N word. There's a lot, you know, um, and then if you're from Provo, and you, you know, there, there's so much uh, profanity that it can, I think it could get in the way for people to listen to the beauty in it. Um, and so I think that's a good point. And, but to remember, this is, this is someone coming from their context and it's really a, 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 there's a lot, there's a strong kind of spiritual battle at the core of this kind of album there is and he he addresses it directly like appealing to god um and appealing to church through this process but i mean yes you'll hear the f word a lot you'll hear um uh sexual terms 
uh, and, and even like figuring out how to reconcile that. And, and, you know, if you should reconcile that, I think that the, the context matters. And I think the context is, is relevant in this case. Mm-hmm. You'll hear the N word, you'll hear like, you know, a lot of things that, that will, will make you uncomfortable and wonder why. But I think if you look at it as an art piece and as an expression of something, um, there's, there's something powerful you can, you can take away from it. And it feels intentional and thought provoking more than it feels to me than it feels exploitive or, um, or just trying to be outrageous. Right. Yeah. Probably sounds, probably sounds like a a teenager trying to justify the parental advisory sticker to his dad. It it also came out in the midst of, of, uh, you know, just the year after the Ferguson stuff, Obama was still in office, but only one year left. The the iconic uh, album cover is is a, a bunch of black guys with their shirts off in front of the White House. Yeah. It's a very uh, striking image. Um, it's a powerful image. Yeah. Again, if it's an image that makes you uncomfortable, it's worth asking why. Yeah. Um, that that song that you picked became an like an inner city anthem. Everything's going to be all right. I saw a picture. So he still lives in Compton. Kendrick Lamar does. He's been very active in the protests there. We talked last time, you know, right now we're, we're two weeks removed in 2020 from the, the tragic deaths of, of George Floyd, um, amongst others. And I just saw a picture this week. He was at a protest and somebody recognized him with his mask on, but they had a sign and that what they had written on the sign was all right. And it was mm-hmm. a direct reference to yeah. that song. It's become yeah. for, for certain communities, that song that you picked has become an anthem of hope. Like, everything's going to be all right Hope amidst kind of trauma uh, amidst trauma, trauma amidst yeah. chaos amidst um inequity and all these things that that have been battled so yeah so what songs your pictures uh i i was going to ask you but um i'll go if you want me to go for it um i picked i picked i the song it's i a great one. and yeah. this is this one's cool personally so i love funk it's maybe my favorite style of music um which is interesting because most people probably assume hip-hop is for for this song he brought in um i think it's ronald isley of the isley brothers mm-hmm. to play guitar and isley has a very distinct guitar sound and the second like you hear the first note if you're an isley brothers fan you it's very apparent oh that's that's isley playing the guitar and it's this cool mix this is that genre blending where he brings in funk and 70s um 70s rock to to continue the story that continue the narrative that goes through this I'd have been through a whole lot Tried tribulation but I know God The devil wanna put me in a bow tie Played at the holy water don't go dry Yeah yeah As I look around me So many motherfuckers wanna down me But in a me gon' never drown me In front of a dirty double man where they found me And I love my huh, I wonder looking at me I Tell me what do you see I love myself I put a bullet in the back of the back of the head And I put me I love myself uh, Illuminated by the hand of God Boy don't seem shy I love myself One day at a time Bomb in the street, gone in the hood, mob of police Whack on the corner with a line full of fiend And a bottle full of lean and a mother wanna scheme uh, These days of frustration keep Come to the front Yeah, I duck these cold faces Post up, feet rifle for faces Dreams 
a reality's peace. Blow steam in the face of the beast. Sky can fall down, we can cry now. Look at me, my tough guy, I smile. I love my uh, And when you're looking at me, uh, tell me what do you see? I love my uh, I put a bullet in the back of the back of the head and a police. He has a verse later. I don't know if you'll catch it. Um, he's talking about like mental illness as a teenager, dealing with depression. It's the whole thing is just it's an incredible, it's an incredible statement. Mm-hmm. It's a great song, and I freaking love the sound of Ronald Isley's guitar on that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great song. Yeah, and that, that's one thing that stands out to me about the album as a whole. Also, how much variety there is in in here, all the cool instruments. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's worth li- listening to the whole thing. Um, I I had picked All Right as well. That seemed like if you're going to hear one, that would, that would be the, the one to go with. Um, but why not play a, a snippet of King Kunta while, mm-hmm. while we're here? Um, I love the, the bass groove on this yeah. thing. It's a very a reference to from James Brown's uh, Payback, the, the song. The song is a reference to that, mm-hmm. and then the title is a reference to Alex Haley's roots. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, so much, yeah, mm-hmm. there's so much um, like connective tissue mm-hmm. with, with what is, has been important to him culturally. I got a bone to pick. I don't want you monkey mouth Cause sitting in my throne again I'm mad But I ain't stressing True friends One question Where, where you and I was walking Now I run the game Got the whole world talking King Kunta Everybody wanna cut the legs off him Kunta Black man taking no losses oh, yeah. where, where you and I was walking now I run the game, got the whole world talking King Kunta, everybody wanna cut the legs off him When you got the yams The yam is the power that beat So, yeah, Kendrick Lamar, we're all, we're all we're in all uh, consensus on that yeah. Important artist that you gotta be aware of right. to know about the 2010s That's right funny, so when was the last time all three of us had, the, had a song from the same album? It happened with Kind of Blue Mm-hmm. Has it happened since? We all had Radiohead, but I think I had Pablo Honey, and you guys both had. Yeah, you didn't have. Did you have Radiohead? Yeah. No, he. Brandon and I both had yeah, Paranoid both Android. Had. Okay, yeah, and I, I, I had to mess it up by going Pablo, <laughs> Pablo Honey. <laughs> you just wanted to double dip on the radio. Yeah. So is that the first piece that we've all had one from the same album since? Right. 60s was it 50s or 60s kind of 50s 50s since the 50s since the 50s that's crazy that's another testament to how how great an album and song all right is because initially you were gonna play all right or you were yeah that was my pick no my pick was all right yeah so didn't uh thundercat was on this album as well right thundercat pharrell weirdly did some of the production and beats i think pharrell 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 williams did all right um isley ronald isley george clinton um lots of lots of interesting artists contributed to that yeah now there's there's one of the songs that is so the the beginning thing is such a different tone but i love it it's it's kind of more of the thundercat you know how thundercat did his whole thing like the kenny loggins like Mm -hmm. Michael McDonald, and I can't remember which one it is, but but we'll listen. I'll listen to it another time. But it's a great album. Listen to it. It's it's a great album, but I think it has to be acknowledged that good. it's a challenging album mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I've got two more 2015s. 
and, and you guys are done with 2015, so we'll just mm-hmm. we'll just zoom through them. Um, okay. The first one we're going to do is we're going to go with kind of a different tone. Uh, this is a band I, I found through KRCL, 90.9. Sometimes I'll hear a song on there, and, and it'll be good enough that I'll be like, I have to know who this is, and, I, and I'll forget if I, you know. And so I'll write down, you know, I'll, I'll record it on my phone or something like that. Uh, I don't have, like, Shazam or whatever. I need to, I don't know. I don't know how to use my phone to automatically tell, so I'll I do a longer process than I need to to figure it out. <laughs> but I will sit in my car either to listen and find out who it is. So I heard a, a song um, by the band This Is the Kit, which is a British band. Um, the the head the main kind of the person is Kate Stables. It's a woman from from London. And she, uh, so she has other bandmates, but I think she's the driving force of the band. They've, she's released, uh, I think, th- maybe four or five albums in, in the decade. Um, so I want to choose the, the song I heard that day was called "Hotter, Colder." It's a, such a good song. Um, she she blends genres uh, like a lot of great artists of, of the. I mean, it's like almost hard not to blend genres now in a way because it's just there's just. Um, but anyway, her song is that I'm going to choose is called Bashed Out. So she's a singer-songwriter. You could say maybe alternative or indie. There's a sensitivity to it. There's a musicianship to it. There's interesting rhythms and 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 uh and sounds and um let's see. Yeah, Bashed Out from This is the Kit. This is from her 2015 album of the same name. So the outside bashes us in Bashes us about a bit Feel it tugging you, plowing you flat Then feel it filling your sails and warm on your back So this is a more uh, like slower kind of down tempo song. That other song I referenced, "Hotter Colder," is is really up tempo. Has a lot of horns in it and stuff. But she's just a really great singer songwriter. She's one of those who the lyrics and the music to me are top top notch. Both like she's just the lyrics are really interesting to me. Have something relevant to say. Kind of keep me guessing while still being not so obtuse or abstract. Um, and same with music. So good stuff. This is the kit. Uh, I actually saw her. She was kind of a guest vocalist with the national this la- in Ogden. And I've got to admit the national and this might, you know, maybe it's on one of your lists, but they're an overrated band to me. So I went to see them with some friends who, you know, and, and she was there, which 
I had already been listening to her stuff, and so, um, but I was kind of like, man, I wish this was a concert of her stuff instead of theirs with her singing along, you know. But anyway, um, yeah, you guys should check it out if you don't know her. No, I'm gonna have to dig into it. I, I cool. think I agree with you on the National. I think the National is a band that's very good that a lot of people treat as if they're great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so a couple things for you, Jordan. Yeah. One. Get an app called Soundhound. You can okay. connect it right to Spotify. You hear a song live, hit the button, it tells you what it is, and you can add it immediately okay. to your Spotify so how list. Do you download apps. Two, we've referenced KRCL a lot. Uh, one cool thing that KRCL does, they stream their, uh, their audio if anybody's interested. We don't have any uh, affiliation with them, but you can, if you don't live in yeah. Utah, you can stream them on their website. And actually, it's it's a it's a top tier like independent yeah. uh radio station i've done that before there was a time where i was going and trying to find their playlists and it was too hard to find that was probably six or seven years ago they publish but, them now yeah. it's kind of cool you if yeah. you're online you can see what they've played in the last hour or whatever right yeah so that was uh this is the kit my next 2015 my last 2015 is another female singer songwriter i went with the down tempo uh, this is the kit because this one's a little more rockin'. This is Courtney Barnett. Um, I first heard of her from Fred Armisen, who's kind of, you know, an interesting pop culture figure, comedian, um, you know, with Portlandia. But he's also a musician and, and loves kind of really, really dialed into in independent music. Yes. And I heard him somewhere talking about Courtney Barnett or kind of saying, I'm so excited. I'm going to see Courtney Barnett. I don't know if, where I saw if it was on Instagram or whatever. So I started listening to her and kind of looking out for her and been listening to her more the last uh, four or five years. And so this is a song from 2015. Um, the song title is Pedestrian at Best. Love I, it. I don't know if that's the name of the album. I can't remember, but I think it's the first or second track on, on the album. The album is called Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit. So, and she's Australian, is that correct? Yep. Australian singer-songwriter, kind of rock and roll. She's one of my favorites. She was a last-minute cut from the first half of the decade, one of her songs for me. Right. Pedestrian at best. Here we go. Courtney Barnett, you could hear she was she wasn't it was less melodic in terms of her singing, more kind of that kind of punk spoken word kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But she definitely her music has melodic stuff in it too. But uh, I wanted to choose this one because similarly to you, I thought I didn't have the kind of 
the guitar rock represented. Mm-hmm. And there is some good guitar rock, like you had, and Courtney Barnett has some good stuff. One of the best albums that I, that I like of hers, uh, or I don't know if it's 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 a great album, but it's her with Kurt Vile, who's another great um, kind of rock. I don't know if you'd call him a rock and roll guy. Indie rock. He's kind of a rock revivalist, at least by current standards. Is is he Australian? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. But they did an album together, I think 2017. It's it's excellent. It's good. I was mildly disappointed in that album, Mm -hmm. given how much I like both of them them as individuals. Um, I feel like they both kind of maybe compromised too much what made them individually great uh, for, yeah. for part of the partnership. I could but see that. Yeah. Her stuff is awesome. I, I was, she was the one I was pained the most over cutting. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pumped that you included her. Yeah. All right. That's my 2015s. You a cool. Courtney Barnett fan, Brandon, have you dug into I'm, her stuff at I'm all? Unfamiliar. It's, it's, she's kind of, there's kind of a slacker aesthetic to her that she embraces and wears really well, but she's, I think she's a really smart, um, songwriter and she's really good musically. Um, it's a, she's a good, a good exploration for somebody that's, if you're not familiar with her and you like, um, you like kind of independent rock. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. 2016. I've got one. Yeah. I've I've got two. I've only got four. Jason's only got four. I've only I've got one, so <laughs> well, let's start with Jason. Then. A, a couple of these I can be kind of quick with. I, I don't know that there's too much to say. So this first one, I'll just jump right to it. It's a, a female rapper from Chicago. Her name is No Name, all one word. Uh, she was she's kind of a poet slash rapper. She she made her f- like probably her first big debut. Um, she a chance the rapper put her on one of his songs. He's from Chicago as well. And then she's put she put out two albums this decade. It's it's pretty like introspective rap, but it's very um, uh, almost like spoken word, almost like if from the same vein as like a Gil Scott Heron or something. It's that it's, it straddles the line between just straight spoken word poetry and kind of musical rap. Um, I r- really like it. I-, I love both her albums. I wanted to to preserve her voice and her kind of style of speech because I think it's artistically really cool. Uh, the song I picked is a song called Diddy Bop from the album Telephone by the rapper, the artist, the poet, No Name. I'm ready, I'm ready. Sound like Mississippi, sippy cup. Baby turned baby up. Henny invented the catalyst for happiness in my cup. This sound like kiddies on the playground. Mama was running up. Ooh, you about to get your ass beat. This sound like niggas complaining when they bitches like Razzy. Be 2K in the stereo. We juke in the backseat. Or juke in the basement. In love with my case. Was this feel like jumping in the pool and I'm knowing I can't swim? Ooh, you about to get your ass beat. For stealing that $20. Like, baby, just ask me. Mama said she loved, loved, loved us When the lights was off, we had to stay with cousins Granny at the BBQ with pity as husband Summertime, city lights, shot town My town, my town After school matters like I'm needing that stipend right now Can the cup parking lot got caught with the blunt like wow, wow Run, 
run, run Mama say come home before the street lights do Ice cream on my front porch and my new Fubu and my A1s too Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the diddy This is my growing out my clothes The stars in my pocket dreaming about making my hood glow This sound like every place I would go If I could fly This feel like every summertime Fall asleep dreaming about all the places I could go And every one of them feels so close Still chasing time And I am not a star I am a meteor on a crash course towards Earth Across the cosmos versus Perseus To the father of his birth To tell the truth that I'm his real son Get blocked, I'm a built one Get blocked, I'm a built two Hope that you see it's a staircase Still pray for a fair day Where they give a fair race To the male Nate and the Dogons And the Essays and the Fairface Keith H when I pale paint, rain bars with a pink blue and a sea phone type of green hue make a clear space. Stop overreacting, it's past my curfew and matter after six. Happily making my accident, mama gon' whoop on my ass again. Pray that I'm making my way before eight and I might have to sneak in the back again. Hope that memorial class again. Hope that she's stopping for gas again. Feel like she wanna relax again. is this this is amazing i need to check this out and then i totally forgot about it until just now when you chose it and put it on your record Th- thank you thank you yeah so she has two <laughs> albums this is from her first album i actually like her second album better um but this was the song that i i wanted to pick just to kind of fit within the um the playlist that i've got cool very cool all right, uh, you've got three more. So I've, I've only got, got one. Yeah, I've only got, got one. Seven, let's go, let's seventeen go, more. Uh, with, do you want to do yours, Brandon? Sure. Let's pause for a sec, though, till this. Pause car for goes station away. identification. Beep. No. So this yeah. this segment is brought to you by <laughs> our sponsor, ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and a little bit of baclofen. <laughs> <laughs> Now you got to tell all the side effects. Uh, <laughs> may cause uh, everything cause that you don't obnoxiousness, want. pretentiousness, <laughs> a little bit of, of jerkishness. Music snobbery. Music snobbery. <laughs> oh, man. So where are we going to eat, guys? Are you starting to think about food yet or not yet? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're all like working up and out. Yeah. This is hard work. It is. We deserve some really good food after this. <laughs> Okay, 2016. Um, uh, maybe this is the the counterpoint to Kendrick Lamar, another really important album from the decade. Important artist. I'm going with Beyonce, mm. her album Lemonade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, this is a huge deal. I think a lot of great songs on here. I, I can partner one of mine up with you. I've got one from this album okay. too. Um, and this this was fascinating how it came out, right? It was wasn't it kind of a secret that the the album even came out? Yeah, it was. I remember it was. Well, I, uh, sup- it was there was some surprise elements to it. I, I remember it was, the the yeah. Super Bowl performance. So that's like early February, and the first single was released the day before that. So I think everyone watching the Super Bowl like it's pretty new to them. Like mm-hmm. no one had had heard the song before. Um, and I think as an album, like, you know, she had made some some statements before this that would were more like artistic slash political slash uh, that kind of thing. 
um, but also a fair amount of what you'd normally expect from a, a pop singer. Um, but the, this album doesn't come across as a pop song kind of album. Um, much more along the lines of a, a protest type album. Um, Do you want to mention what she was protesting? Well, it's, I mean, it yeah, matters. It's part of the context. Big part, like she's married to Jay Z and finds out that she that he's cheated on her. So, I don't know if that's the whole album, but it's certainly it's part of certainly the, the major influence, of it. the the major event that influenced the album. Um, but I love I love this quote from her about the album. Um, says when asked what she wanted to accomplish with the next phase of her career, uh, Beyonce said, I hope I can create art that helps people heal art that makes people feel proud of their struggle. Everyone experiences pain, but sometimes you need to be uncomfortable to transform. Mm -hmm. And I think you can see that with, with this powerful quote. That's a pretty, pretty deep, pretty wise quote from, from a pop star. Mm-hmm. So she's she's taking these difficulties. I mean that that one specific difficulty, but then it, she's also talked about how this album is trying to to just face her her heritage of uh, slavery, ancestors that were slaves, uh, ancestors that were slave owners, um, and also just a kind of a you know her husband cheating on her her dad cheating on her mom, kind of this legacy of, um, you know, losing sight of what's, what's important in a family and the, you know, feeling, uh, betrayed and all kinds of hard things going on in this album that she's, she's bringing up and really powerful artistic statement, really honest. And the, uh, of course with all her stuff, great production, great, great voice. So, uh, uh, I'll play Formation, the uh, big single from mm. from the mm-hmm. album. Um, so here we go, Formation by Beyonce. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. Sauce in my bag, swag. I see it, I want it. I took yellow, want it. I dream it, I work hard, I grind till I own it. I twirl on the middle. I buy no alligators. I mean, no, with the seals. I've been careful with no chips. I go hard, I go hard. Get what's mine, hey, what's mine? I'm a star, I'm a star. Cause I slay, I slay, I slay. Stuff. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I listened to the, I heard that song 
several times, especially when it first came out, and I liked it immediately. But listening to it again, there were some lyrics I heard that that were really clever and 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 interesting and fun. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, really, really intelligent stuff going on, and I um, love with this. Love the way it builds up at the the intro, like when that mm-hmm. first uh, bass hits. The build and, the, is and all the harmonies come the in harmonies together. On that country Bama, yeah, that, that is really yeah. cool. <laughs> she, it's. I'm thinking like, there's a lot of pop stars that want to be taken seriously, that want to grow beyond their like their popular years and become more substantive. Miley Cyrus. Uh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Probably most of them. But Please there's a very there's a big difference. <laughs> there's a big difference between wanting that. And trying for that, which a lot of them do, and doing something that like demands it, even if you don't really want to take it seriously, you're like, okay, yeah, this is legitimate. This is so. And I'm not saying Beyonce's stuff before this wasn't, you know, but I'm saying this was a, it was a like you said, it was a big deal. This album was uh, super impressive. But it kind of wasn't. I mean, her stuff before was just unapologetically pop. It wasn't mm-hmm. trying to say anything. It wasn't making yeah. social commentary. It wasn't being like. Um, really personally vulnerable. It was just, it was pop performance it, mm-hmm. and it was being done at the highest level, done at a high level, uh, like sure. impacting culture. But as far as what it was saying, and I think that's where, you know, the kind of the, the artistry. So th- this was, this album was significant. You don't think the lyric, I don't think you're ready for my jelly was culturally significant. <laughs> Come I, on, Jason. No, Come that's on. not what I said. I said, I don't know that it's saying anything substantive. <laughs> okay. um, the, <laughs> Nobody wants to challenge me on that. Um, so this this was interesting because it's it's a rare case where a pop star and and this is one of the things you know I think human nature where we're pretty forgiving people. Um, history shows that, but we're also sometimes pretty unwilling to let people grow or develop, and so we want to keep people where they're at in a way that keeps us comfortable. And so we sometimes are, are make it hard for a pop star to like develop beyond that, that pop caricature that they became. And this was something where she really, I think defied the odds because she put something out that was pretty universally considered like artistically credible and artistically important. And then I think this was also significant because I think it was where she was like the most present and unapologetically black and, and kind of presenting her culture as part of the artistic presentation as well. And so the whole album is, I think, a really significant art piece, again, as far as her putting her, um, her feeling and what she experienced in that moment. So the song I picked is Hold On. Um, I, it's kind of cool. Like, if you would have told me... So this came out in 2016. If you would have told me in 2015 that one day I would be um, including a Beyonce song where one of the main ingredients was a techno air horn on a, a list of like most significant music pieces, I would have thought you were crazy, but she pulled it off. I feel like this song is kind of like a, a spiritual um, sibling to Jolene by Dolly Parton. Um this is kind of the other side of that in Jolene Dolly Parton saying, um, I love, I love this guy. Please don't steal him. And in, in hold up, 
this is Beyonce kind of standing up for herself in in kind of a cool way. She uses a bad word in it. If you're if you're ever interested in hearing kind of the more <laughs> acerbic side of of, uh, <laughs> of Beyonce, this mm-hmm. is the album for you. But go ahead and hit us with with Hold Up. It's a super cool song. Especially coming up after midnight I smell your secrets And I'm not too perfect To ever feel this worthless How did it come down to this Scrolling through your call list I don't wanna lose my pride But I'ma fuck me up a bitch Know that I kept it sexy And know I kept it fun There's something that I'm missing Maybe my head for one What's worst? Looking jealous or crazy Jealous or crazy Or like being walked all over lately, walked all over lately. I'd rather be crazy. They don't love you like I love Like that's such that that's so impressive to me. I mean, she took the worst thing that could happen to her probably and put her whole heart out there and called her husband out publicly on it and that song kind of speaks to her simultaneously wanting to i think stand up for herself but also like express the heartbreak that that she felt over the whole thing it's a it's just i'm like even listening to it again I had goosebumps like that's a that's an impressive statement just what a what a i don't know what a way to deal with that situation very impressive the the whole album it just feels so bold courageous um and and also like she's in charge you know she's not taking crap from anybody she's gonna make this album how she wants it um but like taken in context like it could be a scary thing not only is your career on the line by doing this your marriage is on the line maybe your safety you know if um who who knows? Like her, the album before this is the one with Jay Z, uh, where they have the song "Drunken Love," and um, but yeah, to to kind of go with that that public statement of of anger in this when you're you're married to Jay Z, like he's a powerful guy, rich, famous, all mm-hmm. that stuff, mm-hmm. um, and so it's a it's a courageous thing to do. And uh, it's, <clears throat> I was reading about this. I didn't know about the, the whole context of the, the Super Bowl performance. But uh, so she performs at the halftime show. Mm-hmm. And immediately after it, there's a commercial about the Formation World Tour that's going to start in April following that. Um, and she says Beyonce was both praised and criticized over her formation 
performance and the Black Panther influence costume right. mm-hmm. for her Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, as a result of this, both the hashtags be- boycott Beyonce and I stand with Beyonce began <laughs> trending. Mm. And <laughs> it says a group of protesters planned to stage an anti Beyonce rally outside of the NFL's headquarters in New York City, New York on the day that the tickets for a concert went on sale. When did Colin Kaepernick start kneeling? Was that 2015? Mm. I think it was before this. No, it was after. It was after. Was it? Because Trump it had was already. After. Yeah. It would, have, it would have been 16 but, or 17. But here's the funny right thing. So there. they planned this protest, right? The anti-Beyonce rally. But the day of it, no, prester, no protesters showed up. Instead, dozens of Beyonce supporters held a rally for her. So we see that there are people, the anti-Beyonceers care just about as much as the All Lives Matter folks. Like They're not going to show up to any protest. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. So it, it's, it was the third preseason game in 2016 that he first sat during, and then he started kneeling during that yeah. season. So, and this, this was, her Super Bowl performance was 2016, yeah. so it would have been February. Yep. So before then, okay. But uh, yeah, in the, in the video, there's this kind of visuals of kind of, I think police cars being flooded and there's, there was the black Panther imagery in her performance. So it was, it was overtly aggressive and, and, um, uh, black and proud, which, um, white people are oftentimes fragile to, and for some reason want to defend, um, what, uh, racism. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but yeah, so very cool stuff. Um, you know, I, we talked about Beyonce in our last episode, I still haven't like ever really had her in rotation in terms of like I like listening to this, um, and I don't know exactly why that is, but I definitely respect this album and uh, like both the songs you guys picked. So I'll share my 2016. Are we up up yep. there? So uh, similar, I mean similar genre than our last two in terms of where where we're talking, but but some some twists here. This is from Kanye West's album. Life of Pablo. It's the song "Ultralight Beam." This song. This is 2016. This is a goosebump song for me. And against kind of, my, I kind of don't like Kanye West, or will sometimes argue with friends that he's overrated, or that you know. And and really on reflection and looking at his work, I'm like, okay, I've got to acknowledge like he's put out so much stuff. Even if some of it I don't love, like I can I, like. What I've realized is so much of what I bristle against with Kanye is his arrogance and what seems to be narcissism. And sometimes his lyrics to me are more superficial than, say, like a Kendrick Lamar, where there's more of a depth of soul. Um, but with Kanye, like, I've got to admit his his musical genius. This song, Brandon, you played Jesus Walks, I think, in the 2000s, mm-hmm. right? This is another religious and even more maybe spiritual and overtly more gospel. I think this is a precursor to what he's done in the last couple of years with the Sunday service, with taking gospel choirs around. But this song is a goosebump song for me, for sure. Um, and I just want there's been a several publications that have listed it as the best song of 2016. I want to read, before we listen to it, I want to read what um, Pitchfork said about it. Um, they say, uh, let's see, where is it? Um, let's see. The song is an exalted space, a promise of redemption and healing that felt more fragile and unlikely as the year wore on. It is a song of godlike perspective from a man who spent most of the year appearing to have none. Now, this is, you know, he's he's been, it's been 
pretty widely published. He struggles with bipolar disorder. Um, you know, some people don't like to list it as a disorder because these disorders are kind of culturally constructed. But that there's mania. There's kind of periods of, you know, kind of hyperactivity where people might look and say, oh, that guy, what's wrong with him? You know, and he's had some of those moments on, on live television with, I think, with Oprah. Right? He has kind of a famous... Was it Oprah? That, like, I think so. Where he was like saying stuff like talking about how much of a genius he is. He certainly has uh, uh, resonated with Donald Trump. And there's been a lot of controversy of him wearing like the MAGA hat on Saturday Night Live or things like that. Um, but I think all of that can get in the way. I don't think we should totally ignore that. But, I, but at the same time, I, um, I, I sometimes wonder with him if... if Part of what he's resonating with is here's a guy who's arrogant but is still a human, you know, who's who's kind of crassly proud of himself. And I think for a lot of us, it's easier to accept that from someone who comes from kind of a marginalized population than someone who comes from millionaire parents and and like lots of privilege. It's harder to to stomach that. But this song, there's a couple things about it when we listen to it. There's um, the music is amazing. It's got Kelly Price. Dream Chance the rapper does a does a verse in it. Kanye doesn't even have a, a verse really. He sings and he he kind of has a verse, but he doesn't really have a verse. But it was still on his his album. But when we listen to, it, I'd like to listen to the beginning of it and then maybe we can skip forward to Chance's verse because his verse is also kind of acclaimed as one of the, the better verses he's done in his career. So um, Ultralight Beam by Kanye West and his collaborators. We on a ultra light beam. We on a ultra light beam. This is a god dream. This is a god dream. This is everything. This is everything. Deliver us serenity. Deliver us peace. Deliver us love. We know we need it. You know we need it. You know we need it. Now we need you now. Pray for Paris. Pray for the parents. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. We on an ultra light beam. We on an ultra light beam. This is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is everything. Everything. I'm trying to keep my faith, but I'm looking for more. Somewhere I can feel. So I think that's Kelly Price right there. Um, so Chance the Rapper comes in in probably about a minute or so. And gives a verse that I love that kind of has this. Oh, here's Kelly Price. And at the very end of the song, it's like literally, uh, what's his name? Kirk Franklin, the the gospel gospel musician. I think, I think it's yeah. Kirk Franklin. Literally, like, prays at the end of this song. And so it's really amazing that this would be a song that was on an album that was so popular and was such a popular album and critically acclaimed itself. So if you if you skip forward another 20 30 seconds we'll get to chances 
Um, or if you guys have anything to say while we listen. Come hear this. Yeah. Let's listen to this verse. I will feel their questions. I will feel your pain. No one can judge. They don't, they don't know. They don't know. Foot on the devil's neck to the drifted Pangea. I'm moving all my family from Chatham to Zambia. Treat the demons just like Pam. I mean, I fuck with your friends, but damn, Gina. I've been this way since Arthur was Aunt Eater. Now they want to hit me with the woo out the bam. Trying to send photos of fam, Leah My daughter look just like Sia, you can't see her You can feel the lyrics and spirit coming in braille Tumming of the underground, come and follow the trail I made Sunday candy, I'm never going to hell I met Kanye West, I'm never going to fail He said let's do a good ass job with Chance 3 I hear you gotta sell it to snatch the Grammy Let's make it so free and the bar so hard That it ain't one gosh darn part You can't tweet, this is my part, nobody else speak This is my part, nobody else speak This little light of mine Glory be to God, yeah I'ma make sure that they go where they can't go If they don't wanna ride, I'ma still give them raincoats Know what God said when he made the first rainbow Just notice at the end of fucking late for the intro uh, I'm just having fun with it You know that a nigga was lost I laugh in my head cause I bet that my ex looking back like a pillar of salt uh, Cause they flipped the script on your ass like Wesley and Spike You cannot mess with the light Look at the channel from 79 we on a ultra light beam. We on a ultra light beam. This is a god dream. This is a god dream. This is every good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a song that made me say, "Okay, I've got to, I've got to look at my animus towards Kanye West and finally admit, like, you know, whether it's, you know, I still don't love his verses a lot of the time, but like that was, that's a special song." Mm-hmm. Good work. Good pick. I, uh, I didn't. I hadn't listened to this one yet, but I, I listened to some of uh, what was this? Twenty ten, beautiful dark d- twisted mm-hmm, fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the last song on that. Is that the one with uh, the Boney Vare song? Yeah, with Boney Vare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing was amazing. That yeah. blew me away. Yeah, yeah. He's got a talent for gathering talent, which just you know, there's the arrogance and the, all this stuff. But he's he's good at. Spotting people who yeah, are unfortunately good he also has together. a talent of getting in his own way sometimes, and, and that I think makes him and his stuff problematic. But yeah. if you can wade through all of that other stuff, um, he he really is a, a musical genius. I think mm-hmm. absolutely. If you haven't seen, you know, again, I keep on bringing up. I don't know why the the late <laughs> the mainstream talk shows, the Jimmys. James Corden's carpool karaoke. They did an episode with Kanye West and the Sunday service, but they did it on a plane instead of carpool karaoke. It's like private jet karaoke. It's a huge (laughs) jumbo jet with this huge gospel choir and James Corden and Kanye West are sitting there. It's like 20 minutes long. Huh. It's amazing. The the music on that, listen to it with good headphones. Like they're they're doing a concert for James Corden gospel concert. They're all surrounding him and it's powerful. It's really powerful. Cool. Okay, Jason. Duly noted. 2016. Uh, 2016. So do you, either of you have any more 2016s? I have one more. Okay. I'll, do, I'll go f- fast with mine because I'm getting hungry for, for food. <laughs> it's time. Um, yeah. uh, this one, this is an interesting guy. This is another artist that I think defied the odds a little bit. He came from the world of TV and entertainment. It's a stand-up comedian slash actor that 
threw his hat into the the ring of music and hip hop and I think some people didn't know what to do and kind of didn't take him serious early on and it became pretty apparent after his first main album that he's a really a really talented musician and then he put out this second album which is is the one that I'm picking um so the guy I'm talking about is Donald Glover his music name is Childish Gambino and his first album was a, a pretty straightforward hip hop album that was good um his second album is an album called Awaken My Love. And he took a really pretty drastic change. It is not a hip hop album at all. In fact, I don't think he even raps on it. He sings on it, does a lot of like falsetto work. And it's this, um, it feels like it could easily exist within the, like the Funkadelic library, um, kind of the George Clinton library. It's a pretty fun album. Uh, the song tracks are, some of them are pretty, pretty funny um i think the one that i will pick is uh let's go the popular one from there is awaken my love i'm not gonna or not uh or is a red bone i'm not gonna pick that one i'm gonna pick i'm gonna go with just a straight up funk song it it could probably if you wanted to be critical it could probably be described as almost like a funkadelic um knock off but i think he's he's paying homage and i think it comes across really well it's really fun this album is an album that i play still quite a bit in my rotation so let's go um what which one did i say let's go have some love from awaken my love by childish gambino This album, like, he kind of established his dominance just at being awesome at everything he does. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. like, this it's, was... this it was almost unfair when you heard this. Re- like, when this album came out, I remember thinking the exact same thing. Like, it's unfair that a human would just be yeah. this good at anything they try their hand at. And that's kind of who he is. Um, and he's interesting because I think a lot of producers in film in tv and in music would all love to try to force him like down a certain path and he seems pretty determined to do what he wants and how he wants to do it um he has i I think the sky's the limit for him and he's just gonna decide what he's gonna do he this same decade he put out one of i think one of the most 
powerful YouTube pieces. He put out that song, This Is America, mm-hmm. that was really only, it wasn't part of an album, like yeah. the way people, most people consumed it was the YouTube video. It was a striking, challenging video um, that suddenly has more relevance now, probably maybe even than it did then, but... He's just an interesting guy. He's going to create art in multiple different mediums and put it out. And it seems like every time he does it, it's it's really quality, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he before this album came out, which I think for sure is his best album, and I and I haven't explored deeply the, all the other ones, but he was already a popular rapper. They were playing his songs like three three thousand whatever it was called. I can't remember, but they like he was a good rapper. I didn't love his style of rap, but he was good. But then he puts out this album, this funk album. That's like this is you know you, you hear D'Angelo, you hear Prince, you hear Sly and the Family Stone, you hear such uh, P Funk, you hear this stuff in there, and it's like and it doesn't feel derivative. That's I the mean, crazy part. It doesn't feel like he's just doing um, a karaoke version right. of it. He's it's, bringing his own thing and and. And improving doing it, on it in ways. Right. Yeah. Doing it at a level that's on par with the stuff that he's clearly right. being influenced by. So, Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to d- dive into this album. I've never listened to it. It's a fun album. Um, speaking of guys that are so multi-talented and are good at everything that they touch, um, that's what my next pick is. Um, so the thing about the, the 2010s that I also noticed, it, especially compared to the previous decade, I think pop music, pop music uh, came back. Like, there's a lot of really great pop songs. We haven't shared many of them so yeah. far. But there like, are. Chart, chart typing pop songs, there's a lot of, a lot of great ones. Um, maybe Jordan and I are more, uh, more pop, amenable pop to th- that type of stuff than, <laughs> We're pop than Jason or pop embracing at times. But, uh, you know, you got your Bruno Mars, you got, uh, like uptown funk and some of his, 24 his other ones. Carat magic. I love that song. Uh-huh. Like you, I, I haven't gotten sick of it. I absolutely love it. You got Farrell Williams. Uh, you got, um, Daft Punk. Taylor Swift has a lot Taylor of good Swift. stuff. Yeah. Yep. I actually like Katy Perry's Roar. I like it yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the, this decade, if I was just to listen to the... Jason's, ha- like, fighting off an aneurysm. Right I, I, I just had to hold... The, I had my eye was twitching. I, I saw it. I had to hold, I it, it. <laughs> hold it with my finger just to make it stop. He heard um, Katy Perry's Roar, and he heard you say, yep. And then I looked over, and I just saw his eye twitching. It's a great song. <laughs> Fireworks is a great song, too. Yeah. As is Call Me Maybe by... <laughs> <laughs> we need to have an episode where Jason just sits here and listens to us talk about and listen to It'll be to like a music. clockwork orange. You'll have, you'll have <laughs> Your ears hooks, are open. Ho- hooks holding my ears yeah. open, so I have to listen to it. And, and you're just twitching, tape, tape over twitching. my mouth and I'll be... T- well, also, I think one thing that happened for me this decade is uh, up until like halfway through the 2010s, all the music that my kids listen to, mm-hmm. they got. It was from just me. your music, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, oh, absolutely. At, at one point, Henry tried. He dabbled with some, uh, um, some Green Day. Like he tried to get me to, <laughs> yeah, check him out a Green Day CD from the library. I wouldn't do it. You, you had a count. You had <laughs> an immediate counter. I kept forgetting. <laughs> I'm like, now. Yeah. <laughs> And besides that, the kids weren't all that persistent. Like if right. there were songs that they liked, it was because. 
it was on my playlist and we'd play that in the car. Yeah. Um, but Iris, my youngest, she was the most determined in her own taste of music. Right. And she was drawn toward pop music. Yep. Like top, top 40. And she wasn't going to take anything like she wanted right. to hear it. She wants to hear and it. And she, yeah. you know, she asked, you know, early age, she's like five years old or something. She wants her own set of headphones and mm-hmm. something to listen to music on for herself. Um, and so she liked this kind of thing. She liked Taylor Swift. She liked Katy Perry, Katy Perry, all yep. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of influenced me in a way because I'd hear all the, these mm-hmm. things because she requested it so much. And so also because I'm old enough that I don't care what's cool anymore. You've kind of grown up past you know, that trying to be yeah. cool stage can, that Jason. I can listen to ABBA <laughs> and not have to prove anything to anybody. I am who I am. Um, <laughs> But yeah, before before Iris liked it, I had never listened never to Taylor Swift. It, yeah, um, but I think because of her, I was able to see the the, the good this things about a, that. This is a great point. I went through the same thing with my kids in terms of we were never listening to music that wasn't Joanna or I picking until probably this decade, a little bit before. But it, our our sons were like it was still stuff we liked. They'd be like Bob Marley, I want Bob Marley, or I want this. But Louisa. Mm-hmm. Same age as Iris, mm-hmm. similar. She'd be like, girl song, girl song. She, We had to be, be on the pop radio station. At first, I would fight my wife with it. Like, what? why are you giving in to this? And she's like, it's just, <laughs> this is what we do. They want to listen to it. And after a while, I was like, oh, I like this Taylor Swift song. Let's turn this one up. Or I like this one. Or, you know, and yeah. that we were corrupted in Jason's eyes to the, <laughs> to the pop. But sorry, I cut you off there. I just thought this was an excellent point to think of when your kids start listening to pop music and if you're helping, if you give in or not in terms of, okay, we'll be more at peace if we let them listen. To if what you're helping to. your kids pursue a love for music, it is not corrupt. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're right. Um, so, anyway, so, to, so this is, this is my pick for kind of that representation of just a, a solid, straightforward, solid pop. pop hit. Let's hear it. Um, I, I kind of went back and forth. my, I'm, I'm going to pull a Jordan here. Yeah. But deciding. <laughs> why? Wait, why pull a yeah. Jordan? If you're doing something apologetic, it's got my name on it. No, if you're, if you're going to sneak, list, he's gonna list sneak two songs. songs. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's, it's the, <laughs> the, the one of these that I really like is uh, better when I'm dancing by Megan Trainer. Okay. Um, who she's more famous, famous for, for the bass song. All about the all bass. About that yeah. bass. Um, and besides those two songs, I know nothing about Megan Trainer, but the, uh, Better When I'm Dancing, it's from the Charlie Brown soundtrack, and it's just a dynamite song. Um, but I, I got to go with the, the more well-known and, and probably more talented act in this case, and that's Justin Timberlake. Uh, multi-talented, good at everything. He's on, you know, anytime he's a guest on Saturday Night Live, it's, he is it's good great. on SNL, that he's, is true. He's good. Any mm-hmm. appearance on a talk show, he's great. He can act, social network. You know, who who does he play in that? Uh, the Napster guy. Yeah, he plays. Right, right. right. Um, yeah. How can he be so good at, at everything he tries? And fantastic voice. I know nothing about NSYNC, really. Didn't pay them any attention. Um, and even when I tried to listen to them after the fact, didn't really. They were kind of the Heinle really era. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. And I, I have been kind of irritated with Justin Timberlake's musical career just because it, 
it seems so stereotypical in a way. Like mm-hmm. he, seeing him on Saturday Night Live, I can tell he gets how to be funny. Yeah. And so like then I'd hear his songs and they see there's like so unironic. I'm like, how can you? Mm-hmm. I would picture him being more like Beck or something like that. Mm. But um, yeah. And maybe, maybe there is some of that that like in the deep tracks or something. It does make me wonder, though, like it might be harder to successfully pull off putting irony into your music than it is into putting it into comedy. Mm-hmm. Like it might be just a more, di- even though he's a musician first, that might be a more difficult thing, a level of musicianship. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably a testament more to Beck's brilliance. Yeah. Um, but uh, Timberlake's a, a brilliant performer. And this this song, I think, is a consummately crafted pop song. It's Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Tim- Timberlake from the Trolls soundtrack. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This wasn't part of an album of his. I don't think so. Um, but he, he's got a lot of other songs that I like quite a lot. Mirrors is one of them and, and a few others. Uh, but this is, this one is, is top notch for me and was, was one of Iris's all-time favorites. So... Uh, Check it out. Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. All from my city, all from my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it. Moving so phenomenally. Come on, lock the way we rock it. So don't stop. And under the lights when everything goes. Nowhere to hide when I'm getting you close. When we There's something special going on in that song. I think he reaches like Stevie Wonder level of good vibes. Peak peak Timberlake. Yeah. So a couple a couple things. I think the social network was peak Timberlake. A couple things. Uh, one, I'm not giving you credit for that pick. I'm giving Iris credit for that pick. So good good job, Iris. <laughs> yes. Two, um, I'm gonna share a secret with you guys. So I um I, I'm really fortunate in what I do. Um I, I get to go out and and train and work closely and collaborate with educators and therapists throughout the country. I get to present at conferences and I have a playlist that is very much like my playlist that I'll play. Um, I I take a little bit of an unconventional approach. I try to presentations can get pretty boring. Um, 
So I bring a lot of music in to what I do, and I have this playlist that is unapologetically me. It's, you know, Sharon Jones, the Budos Band, um, Funkadelic, Parliament, mm-hmm. and it's I've got it dialed in to a point that it every song pretty universally gets heads bouncing mm-hmm. and people smiling and people come up. Um, I have that song on my list. It's like the only unapologetically pop mm-hmm. song that i have <laughs> and it's it's really like universal in the response that it gets it, it, right. it, it really strikes this universal chord of of kind of happiness um that that people just really love to hear uh it, it works it works really well yep. that that's cool that, that's a good song it's one to me it reminds me a little bit of pharrell's happy in the sense of it's so it's it, also there's this term in in filmmaking called four quadrant have you heard of that? Like a four quadrant picture. So a four quadrant picture is is like a is like a um, Pixar movie. In other words, you get all quadrants, all demographics. You can mm-hmm. make the most money off of you know in terms of adults, kids. This I don't know what the four quadrants are, um, but that, there is something about that. I think all of us there is. You're not the only one that has a a suspicion to pop. Right. right, you know, like we have that, or I, I know I do as well. This song, I like it, but it's like one of those, like happy. I've heard so much that it doesn't. I don't like seek it out, or I don't. Um, but one of the most interesting articles I read of the last decade was a, I think it was in the Atlantic, and it was about how a very high percentage of number one hit tunes in America. All come from like the this bald Norwegians, Swedish, yeah, or Norwegian. It's the bald Norwegians, yes, yeah. <laughs> that they basically cracked the code of like they the broke the algorithm and they've got it figured out. Which is on one hand really creepy and annoying, but on the other hand kind of amazing and kind of like is there something objectively? They, they literally wrote the algorithm, right? Is there something objectively um, attractive about? And they figured it out and they've tapped into it. And I'm curious because I don't think Justin Timberlake wrote the song, but I don't know if you know the history of it. I don't. My guess is he didn't write it. I'm I'm a little on the side of Justin Timberlake's overrated, and I don't think he's like a polymath like like Donald Glover. I think he's great on SNL. I think he's got great poppy songs, but there like his jazzy album I thought was was a miss to me i think there were some good songs on it. and then he released an album that was like what was it uh the the forest man or something it was the country album well i don't even think it was country it was it was weird it was like i think he was going for like a bony Vare kind of his style of that but but this song is is right in that niche of like hitting the sweet spot of just like so catchy danceable all that stuff and it's it's fun to hear you know the the connection in terms of of the songs Iris loved and like wanted to hear all the time, uh, and that same kind of you know thing going on with us with Louisa in in the same same time periods, of mm-hmm. course. And so, great pick. I agree with Jason that Iris gets the credit uh, for that one. <laughs> yep, I'm I'm happy to give it to her. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> all right, so that's your is that your last 2016? Yeah. I've and only got, got yeah. I've only got three more. 2016. Wait, you've got three more? No, I'm just messing. Around. I okay. got one. You got one more. Um, uh, another pretty significant album. This is another one. A group that had kind of um, disappeared. I think a lot of people assumed that they were probably done, and they had this kind of um, career resurrecting album, which also signified, I think, the official 
end of their career because a member of their group passed away uh, shortly before the album was released. I think, um, I don't remember what percent they had recorded. The album is We Got It From Here by a tribe called Quest. Um, and it was very much a response to America in 2016. It was recorded mostly before Trump was elected, um, and it was very timely in that it was, it very much was addressing the kind of frustration with the America that Trump seemed to be trying to to usher in or, mm-hmm. or bring back. And it's a pretty powerful statement. And some of these some of these albums by especially hip hop artists that we hadn't seen for a while that come back and try to drop an album don't always hit perfectly. De La Soul tried it, um, mm-hmm. and their album was good, but it wasn't um, it wasn't nearly as good as this. This yeah. album, we the people we got it from here, is I think pretty. I, I think it's a great album regardless solid, of yeah. when they release it in it's their solid. career. <clears throat> and so the, all of the songs, it's, it was really fun to get, um, because these, these guys are legends. If you're not a hip hop fan, like I, I, how would I compare it? Like they would definitely be on the Mount Rushmore of like important hip hop. They were unquestionably elder statesmen that, mm-hmm. that the type of people that, I think any upcoming hip hop artist would be interested in their opinion. Which ones of the theirs did we have earlier? We we talked about them a lot in the nineties. Yeah, we, you had electric relaxation. I had. Right, yeah, right. we we would have had uh, probably Midnight Marauders and uh-huh. um, the Low End Theory would be their right. albums then. But they had a string of yeah. like four albums: People's Instinctive Travels in the nineties that were like very. Trans- transformational the for, love movement yeah for, for hip-hop yeah. they kind of they kind of perfected and really brought in this sense of conscious hip-hop and they brought in a lot of like really jazz-based elements to their sampling that gave it a, a different flavor a little bit more thoughtful flavor and then what they had to say was was wasn't just a, a lot of hip-hop was um and and you know there's certainly a conversation to be had as to why the things that became popular in hip hop were popular why is that what people were interested in buying and a lot of it became exploitive of of certain pieces of culture of of sexuality and and exploitation and um they represented this movement where they were trying to be really thoughtful and say something and a lot of their music did. And and so as such, they became kind of these elder statesmen. So they released this album. And I think a lot of people were, were maybe suspicious that it, that they had lost their skill a little bit and it, they just came out strong. Um, so the song I picked is the space program it's very much a social commentary song. Um, I don't know that it's a specific protest song, but it's very much speaking um, speaking frustration and emotion around how they felt um, their culture was was represented and and kind of given opportunity in in America at that time. And so again, another song that uses some, some language that might be uncomfortable with some people, but I think it's actually making a really powerful 
poignant statement. So the space program by a tribe called Quest from uh, We the Pe- uh What's the full official name of the album? We got it from here. We the people. I think so. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and one other thing. So I, I mentioned. So the founding member Fife Dog, who wasn't the most prominent member of the group, but was kind of the heart of the group. Um, passed away shortly before this was recorded, kind of in a pretty tragic way. So that kind of signified the official end. I don't think they have any intention of trying to mm-hmm. really maintain their group without him. Uh, they did some performances on Saturday Night Live. Buster Rhymes, who has been a longtime collaborator with them, um, comes in and, and helps out. But it was it was a in the hip hop world when when Five passed away, it was significant. It, it, a lot of people felt really saddened by that and i think this album felt like a really nice tribute to him as well because his voice is on it he um i think his art was some of what contributed to the cover mm-hmm. art of the album and so it's just it's kind of a cool statement representative of the time but also a really nice kind of bookend to an amazing career yeah so, let's hear it i want to deal with a bigger insult man the heat, the heat, the heat, the heat, the heat. It's coming down hard. We got to get us uh, together. It's time to go left and not right. Gotta get it together forever. Gotta get it together for brothers. Gotta get it together for sisters. For mothers and fathers and dead, dead. For non-conformists, one hit or quitters. For Tyson types and shade figures. Let's get it together. Come on, let's make it. Gotta make it to make it to make it to make it to make something happen to make something happen to make something happen. Let's make something happen. Word the fight for gonna bring it to the overlord. Drake is go chilling with the gold microphone cords. And we grip our balls every time we starting on tour. Cause we never bore responding to the ready crowds roar. And promoters try to hit us with the art of war. We about our business, we not quitters, not bullshit. Deliver, we go get us, don't be bitter, cause we not just Jerobi, my fire woven to different clothing Nothing for me in the city, it is written off Hardest spit in the city, spitting, getting self-confused In the maze, you can put your brain Missing lust and planning for our future people None of our people involved, pouring henny and smearing off The gated cracking off, cracking off and smearing off To quickly turn the Molotov, Molotov The spaceship door before that border taking off It always seems the poorest persons, the people forsaken Dog, the Washingtons, Jeffersons, Jacksons On the captain's log, they rather leave us to the grave Swatter, poison, deli smog, glass unblackening It's happening, you feel it, y'all, I'd rather see Weaning three by the structure with many Bars. Leave us where we are so they can play among the stars We taking off the Mars, got the space vessels overflowing What you think they want us there? All is not going Reputation ain't glowing, reparations ain't flowing If you find yourself stuck in the creek, you better start rowing Used to see the TV screen as a place I land my dream In the car stereo, where they would promote the show Optimistic little brother with a little hope You know, space program, no you stuck, kid They ain't a space program, no you stuck, kid They ain't a space program um, listening to that reminded me, we had an email exchange, the three of us, we were talking about um, some hip hop stuff. We were talking about MF Doom. And I think I said something about how learning how to listen to MF Doom is like a, almost like a skill you have to acquire. And I, I know this will sound super pretentious. It's never stopped me before. I do feel like listening to hip hop is like a skill you have to develop. Um, I think it was KRS-One described hip-hop as a prophylactic for culture. And um, that's an interesting statement. Um, a, a prophylactic obviously prevents disease. Um, and, hmm. and I think part of 
part of what makes hip-hop interesting is that it is intentionally the way it is which can be i think intentionally off-putting to some people like i'll play songs i've I've had multiple people in my life that their response to a hip-hop song is sounds awesome i can't even understand what they're saying and um it really is like you get better at it the more you listen to it but like that would be a song i don't know that the casual listener would ever even listen to that and realize that there's a powerful statement built into there but they're talking about the opportunity for black people in america it's called the space program and you played the clean version i would challenge people to listen to the unedited version um and really consider what it says look up the lyrics and like look at this as an art piece not just an entertainment piece because i I think this whole album and in particular this song is a a powerful statement and you know if it's a if it's a style of music and and really that's if we're you know being really fair and and honest with ourselves you know all music is art like we should probably all take the same challenge if country repulses you spend some time with it and see if you can figure out how to listen to it and recognize what it's saying what what it what it's representing in culture because it it represents a group of people and you know i would say the same thing goes for hip-hop um if it if it's not your cup of tea still consider trying to understand you know what the artistic value is and what it's what it's representing and so when krs1 made that statement that hip-hop's a prophylactic for culture i think part of what he was acknowledging is that sometimes it is um uniquely difficult to access and that's probably intentional because for a lot of people it becomes this protector for culture that probably limits people like limits people from outside that culture from Mm -hmm. trying to co-opt it or or take it or which still happens anyway but it but it's kind of an interesting statement to the i think the the place of that particular style of music within the the culture and krs one's an interesting individual he created a thing called the temple of hip-hop he has like a whole like religion religious hierarchy <laughs> that's awesome it's, it's awesome that lines up with hip-hop awesome. there's there's some cool stuff out Just, there it's like my uh, quorum of the 12 of film directors <laughs> that's right <laughs> i've got i just to add to what you're saying as as we're one of the things i've been and i don't know what you think about this I'm, this is i'm curious what you guys think but one of the things that i think is off-putting to people in 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 utah maybe white people people who are kind of Humility is a virtue. Kindness is a virtue. Politeness is that a lot of hip hop is very overtly braggadocious and very like uh, you could say arrogant or like you know we listen to the Kendrick Lamar I love myself you know kind of like um, and I mean that's even a more tame version of that. A lot of it's really just kind of overt like bragging about bravado is the language yeah and i think that was a turnoff to me initially and i like the beastie boys they had that but they were always goofy too they were self-deprecating they they were way more self-deprecating and so i could relate to that more and plus there was some subtle um, or not so subtle whatever racial stuff in terms of me being more comfortable with hip-hop that was white that i probably wasn't didn't realize but i think the context is important like listening and talking about kanye west and his his, you know, what what I perceive as arrogance or braggadociousness or whatever, or Chance the Rapper, you know, there's something that I can't, you know, relate to in the sense of being part of a group that literally, you know, was enslaved not long ago, was lynched not long ago, was was is continually being oppressed and feeling that every day. 
and and the liberation of being able to musically and artistically express a powerful statement in response to that. I think there's a righteousness in that that I haven't really, or a lot of us don't connect with. We just hear the kind of the vulgarity. We hear the loud, okay, you're loud, you're bragging about yourself. We don't hear the kind of spiritual liberation that might be involved in being from an oppressed population and being upfront and bragging about yourself. And it might not be as selfish as we, we think. That's a theory that I'm kind of sitting with in terms of context matters. And a lot of white people listening to rap, they just hear bragging and it's like, come on, you're not humble. Knock it off, you know. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, if there's something to that. Uh, we don't need to spend a lot more time on it. but No, I like it. I like it. I, I, I think, like I said, I think if we're being fair, it's, you know, it, it, there's there's something to be said for really trying to understand the the value and the statement in in any art like why why does that become the chosen medium and i think if you can figure out how to do that i think i think there that taps into a, a really part of the powerful humanity that that exists within music right and that doesn't mean to just wipe away anything that's uh problematic about it or misogynistic or anything like we've talked about um but yeah anyway good pick um i love tribe of course and got some good stuff there should we move on to 2017 mm-hmm. okay i've got one i have one okay um who do you want to go first or you want me to go first how many total do you have left i only have two left yeah same you one left one left yeah. and, and my one left is a 2018 <clears throat> okay. so i'll go next um i don't have much to say about this one this is this is one that i discovered just by looking up stuff in the decade but uh i was really impressed with with what uh what he's doing um but i maybe you guys know more about this guy than i do uh moses sumney hmm. heard of him don't know oh. no. <laughs> so he's got uh an album called a romanticism his debut album from 2017 and uh i'm gonna play a song comes in the middle of the album the song's called lonely world um, I'm going to start at like a minute into the song and just check out all, all the stuff that's going on here. I think it's, it's pretty impressive.
fascinated by it. Like, it's the kind of song where it, there wasn't any point of the song that I'm like, okay, I've heard enough. I know where this yeah. is going. Like, I don't know what the chorus is. or what. Right. <laughs> It's just, like, constantly changing and getting more and more interesting. So, yeah, I, I don't know much about, about the guy, but all the songs I've heard have, have uh, made me want to hear more. Say his name again. Moses, Moses? Sumney. Sumney. Where did you find him? On, uh, I think it's on Pitchfork's list of okay. best albums of the decade. Wait, I want, did he do a Tiny Desk concert? Don't know. Yeah, that's another thing about this decade we didn't mention is it's the decade of the, the smartphone. It's the decade of Tiny Desk and those KEXP shows, right? Mm-hmm. There's a... Uh, yeah. He did do a Tiny and, Desk concert. And for this it's to be that. somebody's debut album? Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, I don't know... Don't know. I haven't listened to all the songs on it yet, but <laughs> it seems pretty solid to me. Yeah, nice, very and nice. a cool voice. Yeah, he, the the voice, at least when he was singing lower, reminded me of is it Nina Simone? Does she is it her voice that sounds like that? Yeah, she, she, she can she get, low, she yeah. can hit a deep range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check out more of him. I might have seen his tiny desk because the name rang a bell. But I'll have to. Yeah, good stuff. Interesting sounds. All right, my 2017 is from a band called Hooray for the Riff Raff. Hooray for the Riff Raff is mm-hmm. the name of a, a a band. The lead person in it is named, uh, and what is it? Um, Alinda Segarra. Yes, Alinda Segarra. She's from the Bronx. She's from of Puerto Rican descent. Moved to New Orleans, where she's done most of her kind of been her base in terms of musically. Um, she was in a hobo band and would for a couple years and would literally ride on trains. Um, and this is interesting to me. I have a sister in law who did that for a couple years, who would ride on freight trains across the country, and was kind of a urban nomad. You know, she'd work kind of migrant jobs, like go to Massachusetts and work for a couple months in Cranberry Fields, earn some money, and then go travel for eight months. And the traveling <laughs> was oftentimes by freight trains. Um, and you, there was a lot of dumpster diving. And uh, kind of ur- urban foraging and stuff like that. And so it was very interesting. And there were certain websites that kind of cater to people who are, you could, you know, kind of like uh, couch surfing with people who were, but a lot of, a lot of, anyway, this is where Alinda Cigara, some of her background there, her, her band, Hooray for the Riff Raff, Riff Raff, originally was doing a lot of folk music. Um, she was into R&B and Motown and punk as a kid growing up. Then she did kind of a lot of roots music. Um She's released, I think, four or five albums. In 2017, they released an album called The Navigator. And I was going to choose the song called Hungry Ghost from there, which is kind of... Uh, but I'm, I'm going to... Because of the times where I'm going to choose her protest song from that. We've had a few songs that are kind of protest songs, but this is like a protest protest song, um, which is sometimes different structurally and maybe more repetitive at times, or there's calling out certain names and references... Uh, but this is the song called Palante, that's P-A apostrophe L-A-N-T-E, which is a Spanish slang for onward. Um, Palante from Hooray for the Riff Raff, this is from 2017. Well, I just want to go to work and get back home and be something. I just want to fall in line and do my time and be something. Well, I just want to prove my worth on the planet Earth and be something. I just want to fall in love and not... (laughs) 
Fuck it up and feel something But lately don't understand what I am Treated as a fool, not quite a woman or a man Well I don't know, I guess I don't understand the plan And hypnotized be some If you fast forward another 30 seconds, maybe a minute, it kind of builds to some more. Let's listen to maybe 30 more seconds. Go forward like a minute. Okay. Listen to the whole yeah. thing, but I got I got goosebumps. I love that. I'm I'm. What's her name? Her, the the band is Hooray for the Riff Raff. She's the lead thing. She's uh, a, I, I'm a disappointed Linda in Sagara. myself. I don't know anything about them. Yeah. That's my favorite one that I've heard so far that I hadn't heard before. Yeah. I I love that. It's powerful. That whole song. I I had goosebumps too. And every single time I've listened to that song, it's happened. And I don't I don't goosebump easily, right? So it's powerful. She starts off with that. Refrain be something, and then at the end she's she's shouting out names and places with the palante, and it just the music is swelling and building, and it's super powerful, motivating it, if you want to get into your social justice mindset. It's fun to see how how uh, how powerful and how um, interesting songs can be, despite the simplicity and repetitiveness mm-hmm. of the music. Like, you know, it's just piano chords or guitar right. chords kind of going over the same thing but just just her voice and the lyrics yeah really compelling she's got a great voice a great voice if you when you dive in you'll see and a lot of it's folks roots and she's really good at that but there's a lot of emotion and power in her voice yeah and, i could sit here yeah. almost like when when brandy carlisle really brings it like a little bit of that just like mm-hmm. really emotional but a strong voice too that, that was cool yeah that's my 2017 i've just got one more and that's the next that's 2018 so i got a 2019 same 19 okay so i'll go next and <laughs> you let us in it's brandy carlisle nice. 2018 um i saw her live this last year in in, in 2019 with uh, my wife we went and saw her this is from the album, um, what is it called? I Forgive You, uh, After All, I Forgive You. Yeah. Um, the song, there, ah, there's a, several really good songs here that I was going to choose from, but I decided to choose The Joke, which was the song that kind of got the most critical acclaim, I think nominated for a Grammy. 
and I think her album was nom- nominated for Grammy. I don't think she won it. But Brandy Carlisle's a singer-songwriter. She's very genre-busting. You know, is she is she country? Is she folk? Is she rock? Uh, she's got songs that kind of blend genres, and she's it's her. She's from Seattle, Washington, or outskirts of Seattle. She was playing kind of busking on the streets. She met some guys there that she started a band with. These two brothers. Um, I forget their name, the, the Hansel Rove brothers or something. One of them plays the bass, one plays the guitar. They do amazing harmonies. Um, so Brandy Carlisle, the joke from her uh, 2018 album. You're feeling nervous, aren't you, boy? With your quiet voice and impeccable style Don't ever let them steal your joy And your gentle ways to keep them from running wild They can kick dirt in your face Dress you down and tell you that your place is in the middle When they hate the way you shine I see you tugging on your shirt Trying to hide inside of it And hide how much it hurts Let them laugh while they can Let them spin Let them scatter Discouraged, don't you, girl? It's your brother's world for a while longer. You gotta dance with the devil on a river to beat the stream. Great singer-songwriter. She's she's kind of like uh, I mean she's different from the, from Linda from the last uh, song, but an activist in a way in her in her songwriting not in a way that i don't think gets in the way of the songwriting but just accentuates it um and so yeah anything i know jason you're familiar with brandy carlisle yeah that album's super cool um she's incredible she's like i think she channels emotionally and and i think a lot of cases lyrically kind of like what Dylan did I think it connects with humans somehow That particular song I love um, So I get goosebumps easily I do not cry easily Most of the significant events in my life Where normal Well adjusted humans would cry I, I, I haven't cried at You dry up um, but, it, but there's certain things um, There was a So she for a minute She was performing that song With this 13 year old kid Named Benicio Bryant hmm. That has an incredible voice And I, I think it's been taken down I don't know if you can find it anywhere She did a performance on Late Night with Seth Meyers Where she performed it live And this kid Benicio Bryant Does I think he does like the second verse And um, 
13, so prepubescent voice, but a really pure voice. And watching and hearing him sing those lyrics was one of the, the rare like moments that something artistically has, has brought me to tears. It was incredible. So if you can find any of those performances, but particularly that Seth Meyers one was just powerful somehow of her doing that song with, with 13-year-old Benicio Bryant. Mm. It's, I'll check um, it out. It's yeah. awesome. Mm. Definitely check it out. All right, cool. we're on to 2019. We're in the home stretch. Two more songs, and then we've got our, our decade champs. Then we can go eat some food. Yeah, so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, am I up? You're up. Uh, all right, 2019. Um, well, this one she seems to be like kind of the hot art- artist of the moment. Uh, I'm going with Billie Eilish. Mm. Um, was uh, unique recently in winning a big streak of, of Grammys for, uh, what was it, album and artist and Song. record. The first since Christopher Cross to yeah. win those four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love finding that that weird trivia. Yeah, and uh, so I I started listening to her to, you know, to get ready for this. Um, and I, you know, she's still young and it's, only just this one full-length album so far. Um, but I, I thought she was a good example of uh, kind of what we've been talking about, the trends of music and how, mm-hmm. how she's one that has, you know, if it had been 10 or 20 years ago, she'd maybe, you know, be on Asthmatic Kitty Records or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, um, you know, small label independent kind of artist but now it's the time where someone can can be like she has all the trappings of an indie artist but has but risen to be one of the most popular as you can get yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> you know put put her first song up on soundcloud and then got got noticed because of that and i listening to her stuff she's doing a lot of a lot of interesting things musically and also with her persona how she's kind of going the opposite direction of what we expect from a female performer. Like she's not using her, her looks to, to sell it. Um, you know, purposely dressing really, really baggy or just going whatever's and making pretty thoughtful statements about her intentionality around that. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's kind of refreshing to see someone, like kind of purposely sticking it to the man of the music industry in mm-hmm. that way. Like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, it harkens back to Sinead O'Connor of shaving her head because she didn't want to just be a pretty face. Right. Um, and yeah, so uh seems like her big hit is, is bad guy, which is an interesting, interesting song. Um, I'm going with uh, another popular one of hers. When the party's over. Hmm. Oh, my 
She's as popular as she is. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems so different from, you know, the Justin Timberlake yeah. type pop music. Um, but uh, really, really fascinating stuff going on. And I think time will tell about what, you know, what she goes on to do. But sure, sounds so like a lot of potential. So far, she seems to be handling it as good as a person in her position possibly could. She's what, 17 or something? Yeah, she's like, super young. I think her brother is her Phineas producer mm-hmm. yeah he's the one that kind of famously makes the the music and kind of helps with their musical direction but they they're a really cool team they've got a great ear for stuff and I'm glad you didn't pick the other one for some reason that song bugs me but I but I I'm excited to hear more from her cuz I've heard I've heard this one before mm-hmm. interestingly enough if you if you do you guys know James Blake he was he was a last second cut um but his his debut album, self-titled James Blake, which is I think 2010, I think, very like you can tell Phineas is like very much drawing from James Blake. Like, and I just typed, I was like, wait a minute, was James Blake involved with this? And I googled James Blake, Billie Eilish, and what came up was uh, a cover, James Blake covering this song, mm. but the production and the and the the mood of it and everything sounds like a James Blake song. Um, and their stories yeah. like such a great rock and roll story, like a brother sister mm-hmm. combo that are making music and putting it on the internet and just freaking blew up because yeah. they they tapped into this piece of youth culture that was really transcendent. Was maybe it was missing or it was ready to yeah. to blow up. Yeah, cool. Digging it. All right, Jason, what you got? All Bring right, us home. Uh, 2019 singer songwriter from New Zealand. Produced by PJ Harvey. Hmm. I think this um, artist will probably do some big things, but I think um, she's pretty committed to kind of the artistic side of of music. I think you'll hear it in this song a little bit. Um, I don't picture her ever becoming just unapologetically pop. I, I think she'll probably forge her own path. But um, this is just a super cool song. This is one that the second I heard it, um, it immediately just kind of resonated with me. And I've had it on rotation for probably close to a year now. I it was She released it as a single, which doesn't even really mean anything anymore, before she released the album. And I've had it... Somehow I found it bef- when she released it, and it's been in rotation since um artist's name is aldis harding hmm. the song is called the barrel from the album designer one of my favorite songs from the last year year and a half okay <laughs> oh! <laughs> 
Oh my gosh! Oh, he's did I, gotta pull did it I click on the wrong thing? What he's is, gotta do what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> this. <laughs> oh my goodness! That was this perfect. bastard right here. This, this is so, also a good one. I'm, I this, think this is the one you meant to pick, Jason. So, <laughs> there. Who is it? Um, it's not. Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's so great. There's it was a perfectly hip, timed. There's a hip hop group named Zarface that has a whole verse making fun of people that listen to Maroon Five. <laughs> and uh Oh my gosh. Maroon Five might be the green day of of I don't know. Of the the two thousand five to two thousand fifteen. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, Good pick, Jason. Good pick. You are <laughs> the worst human on the Jason planet. Jason set it up. He's like throwing it out there. He's being all vulnerable about this pick that we don't know about. Nothing has touched my heart more than the song I'm about to play. And then, oh my boom. gosh. Aldous Harding, The Barrel. The Barrel. This is the song. It's the weirdest video. It's she's very, very artsy in her approach. This because when I heard that and watched that, I was like, "This is so good. I've got to dive in, listen." And I totally. It was for me. It was like immediately like, "Oh, this." You know, sometimes you hear something like, "Oh, this is really, really good," and then you come back to it, and maybe it wasn't as good as you originally thought it was. But this was one that stayed really good to me. Very similar to me like to it. this is the kit the Kate Stables like like this sounds like some of her other stuff but yeah. really good stuff. Oh man, I'm glad you picked that one because I'd forgotten about her. Love it. Okay, let's let's keep it moving. Let's get on to our. Uh, Are we going to do any honorable mention? Oh yeah, let's just briefly go through who who did you leave out that was painful to leave out, Jason? Uh, I'm going to name several. A uh, band called Hiatus Coyote out of Australia, Parquet Courts, Thundercat, hip hop group called Zarface. Really interesting rapper out of Philadelphia, a lady named Tierra Wack. She put out 
this crazy album 15 tracks each track is one minute long she released it as a continuous youtube video you can listen to it on streaming as well but it's a a fascinating piece of of hip-hop that i think is very representative of this this kind of culture right now and she's really talented um so nice how about you brandon um i had churches which is new to me but Mm -hmm. i thought they they're a good representation of the Churches with a V. With a V, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chiverches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, of kind of the comeback of 80s kind of synth pop. Um, I had Fiona Apple, Manchester Orchestra, um, Tame Impala, Phoebe Bridgers, Grizzly Bear, um, Janelle Monet, Rihanna, Kamasi Washington. Mm. Uh, Bringing uh, jazz, yeah. he, he plays saxophone, right? He does. Yeah, yeah. He was jazz on. He was on to Pimp a Butterfly. And uh, <laughs> it hurt to leave Sufjan Stevens out. Yeah, he had a lot of really great albums. He had the Age of Odds album mm. and uh, Carrie and Lowell Carrie and Lowell. was incredible. Yeah, um, and a few other projects, the mm-hmm. Planetarium and some other things. So. But I figured he got covered enough last yeah. last time. So for mine, uh, interestingly, similar to that with Sufjan, there was a lot of bands I loved from the last decade who had albums or, or songs that were my favorite of theirs in this decade. The Shins, um, Sufjan Stevens, Mount Erie had two albums released this, this decade that were... Actually, he had a lot released, but that were amazing. So some of those, Bon Iver also did two albums. Who He's the one who, from that kind of cohort of the understated, the, the soft-spoken male singer-songwriter, he's done the most kind of experimental stuff since then. But other bands that I left off that were more from this decade only were Porches, Frankie Cosmos, who is actually Greta Klein, Kevin Klein's daughter, released like 30 albums in 2000, <laughs> 2011 on Bandcamp. Like very lo-fi, interesting stuff. Um, a band called Always, spelled with two V's instead of a W, with the, which seemed to be a trend. They opened up for the National, and they blew me away. They were they were awesome to listen to. Um, Angel Olsen, Frank Ocean was a hard one to leave off. I really love Frank yeah. Ocean stuff. So those were some of my honorable mentions. Okay, get to let's go overrated first. Yep. My my overrated. It's uh, again hard hard this decade that I don't don't feel like I know enough about it to to really be critical about this. But overall, it's I think rock music without guitars is overrated. Mm. I, I'm missing I'm missing the guitar you rock. Miss like, the guitar. I, like, I was searching and like uh, you know, Royal Blood was was the best that uh, this decade could do. Yeah, there's there's others out there, but overall, rock music has kind of fallen away. Yeah, it'll come back. Yeah, it'll come back. But um, and I, I think that is best represented by bands like Maroon Five that are, you know, they play guitars, but gosh dang it, they're so boring. Best or worst represented by? Yeah. Um. So what what have you got for most overrated? Jason, which, which you, where are you at? Um, I'm going to go with, and you can interpret this how you want. This might, 
this might be somewhat offensive to like the Fleet Foxes fans. I'm not fully grouping Fleet Foxes in this, but I'm going to say like Mumford and Sons and and mm-hmm. bands like that, the Lumineers, like mm-hmm. that commitment to this like old timey style. Mm-hmm. Fifty people in your band, we're going to play in like a yeah. water a water jug <laughs> and a washboard and, right. it, and wax like, our mustaches. Yeah, it, it like became this movement. I was so glad that it didn't last but I felt like it lasted too long and it, and it inspired like too much similar stuff that I just thought was stupid. I don't have any interest in it. There was a lot of good, you, you mentioned the soul revival of Mm -hmm. the last decade. There was a lot of good folk revival stuff of the two thousands. And I think that turned into a mainstream kind of amalgam of arena rock that kind of, that arcade fire was doing like loud rock mixed with, and it was all this clapping and Hey, and all this kind of like, yeah, I've, I never got into Mumford and Sons um, or Lumineers. Um, like Fleet Foxes, I'm good with. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, I'm good with. Yeah. They're kind of similar, like big bands with kind of some unique kind instruments of happy, approach. Joyful but music. somehow, yeah. somehow it worked. But like the Mumford and Sons and the Lumineers, mm-hmm. I just I have no patience for yeah, it. I hear you. <laughs> It, I hear it feels you. more like restaurant music. It kind of does. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, a lot of we've talked. You know, grunge was something, and then what it became was like okay, enough. I think that that they're on the tail end yeah. of of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I got to go with Imagine Dragons. You know, our fellow Provo, whatever. I don't know. They kind of started here. But but it's, it, there's a crossover there. It's kind of a, it's kind of pop arena, and I don't know if they're maybe to say overrated like critics i don't think are rating them great but man i heard so much imagine dragons in the last decade on the nba things in the car everywhere i'd go and i like you know a song or two but but the most, most part they're taking the place of queen with anthem sports anthems anthem music yeah, yeah sports yeah. if i was to go indie i'd say it was the national that was overrated um but but yeah so i i was yeah. tempted also to go with with imagine dragons just because mm-hmm. they are they are so popular, um, but they they seem to be one of the only ones filling a void, mm-hmm. like of being a rock band. So in that in that sense, I'm yeah. like I give them props. At least you're playing. At least they're doing it. Something that kind of qualifies as rock music. Yeah. <laughs> I do like how all their performances become an excuse for Dan Reynolds to take his shirt off like that, that's, and to play a big drum. Yeah, that, that seems like that, yeah. that seems like a thing that he always manages to work in. There's been a lot of criticism towards him from the like LGBT community here. Like he he did that documentary and like Love Loud Festival, which on a lot of fronts was amazing. But I've talked to some of my friends that are in that kind of advocacy in that community that have said it was there was a lot of kind of the hetero savior thing. Like I'm going to come in here and show you hetero savior mixed with some slight self promotion as well. Yeah, that, that's where that. it became, I yeah. think a little bit problematic. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, that's our overrated. And now we're going to go to our underrated. Mm-hmm. And, um, so who's going to, are we going to play a snippet from our underrated? We've done that in the sure. past. We're yeah. pretty hungry, but we can do it. We can do it quick. We don't need to, we don't need <laughs> small, to expound small too snippets, much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ahead, my then. underrated, I mentioned her already. This, I'm going with my brightest diamond. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a uh, cry and shame that she isn't more well-known than she is. She's put out a lot of albums, been around for um, more almost two decades now. Um, and crazy talented. I went to her her concert. She came to Salt Lake two years ago, two or three years ago. 
played at the um, what what's the place called Urban Lounge, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a small venue as is, and it uh, was not sold out. Like there was plenty of plenty mm-hmm. of space there. Still a good group there, but it was yeah. You were like, come on, people yeah. don't realize why why sh- why aren't people yeah. here for her? Yeah, why why is this not sold out at mm-hmm. least or not at a bigger venue? Because she's so great and she put on a fantastic show. Like she is such a great performer, mm. gets the whole crowd energized. You can tell she really cares cares about the crowd and want wants them to have a good experience. Um, the song I played before was more, uh, you know, had a nice groove to it. A lot of, you know, kind of. Oh, what's what's the term? high energy? Uh, this one is a lullaby that she wrote for her son when her, her son was born. Uh, and I'm she's got a, a studio recording of this on on one of the albums. I'm going to play a live version that was featured on La Blogotech, which Ooh. was a a YouTube. I guess they're still going, but I paid more attention to them back in the last decade. <clears throat> so th- she's just playing this live in some cafe in Germany. Um, the song is called I Have Never Loved Someone. I have never loved someone the way I love you. I have never seen a smile like yours. And if you grow up to be king or clown or stuff she she deserves to uh, have more people know about her good pick okay jason you want to do yours yeah i mentioned them already as well um i'm gonna go with hiatus coyote um they won a grammy i think from their first album which doesn't necessarily mean anything they've never really gotten huge they're they're really hard to define and when you listen to their music you probably understand why they've never gotten huge i think they're super talented um i think they're underrated and i think more people should listen to them uh out of australia uh play the song shaolin monk mother funk from choose your weapon by hiatus coyote
So jump forward like yeah. 30 seconds. Okay. You'll hear it. Yeah, here we go. So super talented. Um, you can see that's never going to be mainstream, but they're doing jazz, they're doing R&B, they're doing neo-soul, they're doing it in a really creative, effective way. They were discovered, I think uh, Questlove is one of the ones that kind of helped put them on the map. They were doing stuff in Australia, and I think he put some of their stuff up maybe on his OK Player website, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of started them on an it's American really cool track. Stuff. They, they have mm-hmm. two albums out, and I, both of them... I fully stand by I've never heard I, them. I, Jordan I think yeah. you especially would love them that was really good yeah I want to check it out for sure never had heard of them right up my alley good pick um, so for my underrated I was going back and forth here and I decided to go with the band The Por- uh, Porches I first heard of Porches it's the project of uh, Aaron Maine from New York he was the boyfriend of Greta Klein who is also who's known as Frankie Cosmos and they both kind of came out of this like you know, release 30 albums in a year thing on Bandcamp where people are just writing songs like relentlessly. So they toured together kind of with Port- with her group, Frankie uh, Cosmos, and with his group, Porches, and then I think went their separate ways. But um, he's, he's an artist. You kind of mentioned, uh, who are we talking about? Oh, St. Vincent, where it's like you hear her stuff and you see her stuff and you're just like, okay, this is an artist. Whether I like the music or not, which with her I can tell it's good, but some, I haven't I haven't ever... It hasn't been poppy enough for me, maybe, or something. But uh, Porches or Aaron Maine has been one where I, I've, I've seen enough and heard enough that I'm like, this guy is an artist. You know, there's something here that, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting and powerful in different songs and aesthetically not always my favorite, but sometimes really grabs me. So the song I'm choosing is called Underwater from Porches. Sometimes I see 
So yeah, you hear the the '80s influence, of course. There, I got that little gated drum. Yeah, the gated. It's uh, nice. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that this decade. A lot of auto tune. A lot of you know '80s kind of influence. Um, I think the best artists are are doing something different with it, making it their own. Um, but there's a lot of simplicity to his stuff and musicality to it that I like in terms of placement of the way the drums are, the way the the sounds kind of meld together. Great stuff for him. Good pick. Let's go decade champ. Who wants to start us off? Should we go same rotation? Yeah. All right. Uh yeah, I um I like what what Jordan did with uh last last decade's champ and I, I think I'm going a similar direction here. We talked about it uh I guess it was last episode, it was still today that we recorded it, but <laughs> <laughs> during the first part of the decade of how many female artists we have in this decade compared to previous lists. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say the, the uh, category that's the decade champ is the female solo artist mm-hmm. or female singer-songwriter, but not always singer-songwriter type, right, type right. thing. Um, so I made a list just of stuff that was in my playlist for consideration, and there's tons more than just this, but... We got St. Vincent, Billie Eilish, Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, Soccer Mommy, Margot Price, Sharon Van Etten, Hooray for the Riff Raff, Juliana Barwick, Jenny Lewis, Snail Mail, Janelle Monet, Wakahachi, Solange, Sophie, Mitski, Bjork, Rosalia, FKA Twigs, mm-hmm. SZA, however you say that, uh, Nicki Minaj, Lizzo, Courtney Barnett, Casey Musgraves, Joanna Newsom, Grimes, Robin, Rihanna, Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. it goes on and on. Angel Olsen, um, yeah. There's, it's, and not, yeah. not that there weren't a lot of great female artists in, in the other decades, uh, but I think what stands out is this is the decade where they're more taking charge of it, of the mm-hmm. whole process. They're writing their songs. They are more involved in the production process as well, being able to just be themselves. They don't, mm-hmm. It's not some producer or some executive saying you have yeah. to be this. Right. Um, and they're... You know, we can find examples of this in other dec- decades, but unfortunately that seems to be the exception in the past. Yeah, I said it before. I, I stand by it. I think they legitimately kicked the guy's ass mm-hmm. this, this decade. Like, there's, I think there's more better music by female singer-songwriters mm-hmm. than there are by male this decade. Yeah. So for the <clears throat> singular champ, I'm going with Beyonce this time because mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, Jason Pictor for last decade... But I think that this is the decade where she really uh, came into her own as an artist um, with with writing stuff and with making powerful statements. And she's really, had a really yeah. nice run. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll go. I'll go next because mine is the same. I have written down here: female rockers slash singer songwriters, alter, alternative indie pop. And as it funnels down, I had a lot of the same people on my list. I added Angel Olsen. Um, and Heim, you you left out Heim. And no, sorry, way uh, I don't know how to say it. Wise blood or way is blood, um, but uh, and this is the kit. Uh, but yeah, and tune yards. But anyway, great great decade. And I and I wonder too if there's something about. I mean, there's we've talked about uh, kind of uh, racial justice issues. Um, we haven't talked. This was the decade of the Me Too movement, yeah. which is a huge yeah. issue in terms of women saying, you know. The, coming to light the the extent of harassment and overt kind of 
you know, bigotry and, and, and kind of harmful uh, patriarchy and all that kind of stuff going on. And we know that, you know, Harvey Weinstein's been implicated in this and a lot of other yeah. entertainers. And there's been hints from female musicians mm-hmm. that we've barely scratched the surface. Right. And, and what's happening in the music industry. Well, and then on the movie side, you know, you've got Greta Gerwig doing her thing. Mm -hmm. You've got like, you know, Beanie Feldstein Mm -hmm. and there's some, some interesting, I think up and coming, hopefully on the the movie side as well, film side of, of some interesting, uh, female artistry there. That's hopefully going to, going to be, uh, be given. It's just, just do. I funneled my single person champ. It was between Haim Yes, Heim mm. and Brandy Carlisle. Go with Brandy Carlisle. No, the, pick Heim. You want to pick Heim. I'm picking Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> I uh, heard Heim. He picked Heim, Heim, right? Heim is getting a bad rap. They're not, they are more sophisticated. They are singer songwriters. They're writing their own stuff. They're playing their own instruments and they're kicking butt. And they are challenging the Swedish or Norwegian, the bald, bald guy. The bald Norwegians. And they're saying, hey, we've got our own algorithm here. It's, it's like uh, the. Uh, the new kids on the block Saturday Night Live thing where it's like, hey, we're writing our own songs now. <laughs> yes. Uh, Girl, yeah. we are. Well, when we talked about Billie awesome. Eilish and her brother, it was like this awesome story. When we talked about the Heim sisters who are like ethnomusicologists, they're somehow like sellouts or something. Come on. Come on, Jason. You got to give them a chance. <laughs> make, you don't have to. But make if you better don't, music, your, Heim. You, you've you got the listened. credentials. Make better music. You haven't listened. I'm just going to say there. I'm going to uh, either Jason hasn't listened, and he's just saying well, this to get and under my skin. You've also heard what he says about Christopher Cross, so you can't <laughs> really true. trust him. You can't with, trust him. You can't get with things. Christopher Cross. Then you can't. <laughs> All right, let's hear your champ. Jason. Oh man, I feel bad. It should be. Uh, I, I think I agree. It should be the uh, the female singer songwriter. Um, but I'm picking a singular individual who does happen to be a dude. Kendrick. No, I'm giving it oh. to Donald Glover. Um, oh yeah, okay. This was a crazy decade for him. He was in Community. He was doing stand up comedy. He helped make Atlanta, which mm-hmm. has been one of like my three favorite TV shows of the last ten years. They did two seasons. They're on board to do a third, but kind of launched. He went into the top level of orbit. Lakeith Stanfield kind of blew up, and Brian Tyree Henry kind of blew up. But Atlanta is a. Did you watch Atlanta? I have watched the first season, and and I've also watched his short, one of his short films, which was very interesting. Yeah, too. he's a fascinating artist. He did a Star Wars thing. He's got Childish Gambino. He put out one of the biggest YouTube videos with "This Is America." Kind of proved that he can do anything he wants. I think the world is his. He's at the peak of his powers, and um, yeah, I, I think pick. he had a, a just an incredible decade run. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar was my runner-up, but I didn't. I I had a blind spot with Don. Donald Glover, if I had yeah. thought of all those things that you just mentioned, I think um, I would have agreed with you. So you're making a good case there. Parting thoughts for the last half of the 2010s. Well, it's uh, this is one that'll be interesting to look back on like 20 years from now, if we if we got it right or not, or if all of these artists we mentioned are yeah. obsolete by History that will decide. I'm super glad that we have... Maybe we're part of the deciding. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm so. super glad yeah. that we've put our thought to paper and recording on this because um, I think this is an incredible decade. I'm, you know, I, This is the decade where I, 
I struggle the most with myself. Like, am I getting old? Is music getting worse? Is music getting objectively worse? Am I just not able to listen to it the way that I used to? And digging through this decade, um, I think I think this decade's maybe the strongest out of the last four decades in mm. some ways. Mm-hmm. The, the the good stuff here is on par with anything great from the last any previous yeah. decade. So I, it was, uh, it was really cool to see. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'd say this is a interesting decade to look back on a lot of songs. We've talked Jason about using music in our respective careers quite a bit, um, in terms of connecting with people. And so there's a lot of songs that during this decade I was using in group therapy sessions and also talking to, you know, so there's a lot of music here that has very interesting. And I, of course was connecting to music in a powerful and emotional way prior to this. Um, but this was also a decade where for whatever reason, we all agreed. I, I was listening to female artists more and I don't know if that says more about the industry and the way the internet disrupted things and the gates were opened, or if it says more about me in terms of, maturing and listening to voices that were different from my own i don't know but um but yeah great decade tumultuous decade in 2016 i think it was uh when trump was elected when the paris uh, you know massacre happened there was so much going on i asked my parents they got married in 1968 which was a which was you know uh martin luther king assassinated you have race riots you have kent state massacre you have um I think I was Malcolm X. You know, I, I, it was just a tumultuous year. The student riots in, in France. My parents were on, on their honeymoon in France when the Paris student riots were happening. And I asked them, is this 2016 more tumultuous than that year, 1968? And they both said, yes, they think it was. And that was 2016. And things since then has gotten, yeah, have gotten I mean, more You've got nuts. Ferguson, Baltimore. You had... Um, you've got the Me Too stuff. The Me Too. What university was the shooting at? You've got all the all well, the Virginia Tech, Virginia which Tech. One? I mean, well, the, yeah, many. that's true. All the school shootings, the concert shootings. You've got um, Charlottesville. You've got all of. You know, I mean, you've got the Muslim ban. You've got um, George Floyd. Like, yeah. and twenty twenty has started off a little bit calm. Uh, no, yeah, twenty twenty has been nuts. It, it's <laughs> COVID. Whatever, it, yeah, and now we've it, got Joe Biden very, versus Trump, which is just... <laughs> very tumultuous, but really cool art reflecting the times. Doing what art should do. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of these were, were great examples of music to to help us through it. Music as part of the creation process for, for the person creating it to uh, you know work through some difficult things. Um, and and also to find joy in things, I think we we saw examples absolutely. of that in in the variety of picks we had. Absolutely. All right, so that wraps it up for the the 2010s. Play us out, my man. Okay, let's hear it. Thanks, thanks for listening, and uh, we're happy to be your humble servants of music. And we'll uh, we'll see you next time. You can't allow it